Ethical disclaimer. Reverse psychology is not a replacement for therapy. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. Hey all, Dr. Diana here. Just a quick episode note. I listened to the episode and I realized that I didn't do the best job explaining what I mean by what works in autism. Just to clarify, there's no cure for autism. When I talk about what works, I mean what works in reducing problem behavior or increasing the behaviors we want to see, like communication, on-task behavior, or any other behavior that we want to see more of. So when I say, again, what works, I don't mean what cures autism because that's ridiculous. Nothing cures autism right now. Also, there's cussing in this episode and there's mature themes. If you don't like that, you can shut this shit down right now. Also, sorry, mom, if you're listening. You know, our listeners aren't going to be upset if it's just our voices. For Maybe. A while. You think they're itching for new voices? Yeah. Probably. We still have people who like us. Okay, that's good. Oh, speaking of, this is Dr. Diana. Hi. Oh, this is, I mean, this is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. This is Dr. D- Dr. Diana featuring the Reverse Psychologies. <laughs> this is Dr. Diana. Mm. I am a licensed psychologist and board certified behavior analyst. Oh, this is Dr. Mike, clinical psychologist. Hi. Hi. Well, hopefully this gets going and we have a good show. I hope so. What did you do today? Ran. What did you do? Ran. Oh, good. Yeah. Woke up late. I ran more like we ran. <laughs> You think that anyone ever tried to make that argument when they're talking about the conflict in Iran? We need to be less no. Iran and more us ran. <laughs> I don't think that would translate well. If we have fans I in Iran. I mean, translate just means from one language to another or yeah, just into words like that we I think through. when you, I don't know if ran, like I don't well, how they say their country. I don't know if that oh, ending is I also. Means also run in their language. Maybe the past tense of run in their language. I hope so. Are other co- other countries maps the same way where they have their own way to tell what countries are called? What do you mean? So like we say it's Germany, but it's Deutschland. Oh, like what people Deutschland call does not translate to Germany. It's just like oh yeah yeah. We just chose a name for them. Well, like in Spanish, all the maps are in Spanish, and like it's Alemania, and they speak Aleman. Where's that in Germany? Well, that's how you say it in Spanish. You say Aleman. In Germany? In you Spanish? Say, yeah. In Spanish. Why? Why don't we all just call them Deutschland? Why are we telling them what to call them? Because there's different names for countries in different languages. Yes. They speak Persian. W- why? In Iran. Okay. Farsi. Look up Iran and don't Farsi. Don't tell me what to do. Please look up Far- Iran and Farsi. <laughs> and then look up Ran in Farsi and see if there's any I'm not gonna letters do that. in common. I'm not going to do that. Oh, we're never going to know. <laughs> we're never going to know if this is going to work. We well, have one I shot can... to fix the conflict and we're not going to know if it's going to work. Every language has its name in that language. Like, we're not United States in Spanish. Yes, but... We're Estados you, Unidos. United States is like a phrase. <laughs> it's also the name of our country. Yeah, no, our name of our country is a phrase. If you... Oh, we have a listener in Germany. That's why I brought this up. Okay, tell us what you call the United States he in wants, German. or she wants to go out for drinks with us. If you're that listener, please write to us and tell us what you call the United States in German. Tell us... That's what we want. If the ending of Iran in Farsi <laughs> is the past tense for run. Do we have any listeners in the Middle East? Yes. Oh. 
Probably, uh, probably, I think so. That was bold. Mm-hmm. We have two in China still, and I'm pretty sure those are the two sensors that are seeing if we can get through <laughs> it yet. They're just scanning for the words Hong or Kong. <laughs> Would you rather have listeners mm-hmm. from Russia or China? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks. What is it? I feel like just because of my heritage, Russia, because U- Ukraine is closer to Russia than to China. Dude, Ukraine is suffering at the hands of China. I mean, <laughs> China at the at the hands of russia they're <laughs> all over this, this is, geopolitical yeah. conversation is not making sense no it's not it's it's also way outside of our realm of i know this is expertise. basically stuff we've overheard other people talking about no we we're we're educated we listen mm-hmm. to the daily every day mm-hmm. that's yeah we get our solid 15 minutes of yeah. news every day that's all we need but we stand ukraine for ukraine has really what did it used to be be called when it was part of the USSR? The Soviet Republic of Ukraine. Oh, now it's the Ukraine and they love Ukraine, Trump. more like we crane. <laughs> okay. Too bad I can't ask my babu if crane is also a bird because she's gone. Well, do you think that this topic is done? We've done a great job. Yeah, well, f- close that. What are we talking about today? Before we get to we that. We have more banter. Before we get to that, shouldn't we talk about our reviews? Oh, I gotta get my phone. Okay. We have three reviews. Yay! Two of which Love I apologize it's taken reviews. so long to read them because one of them wasn't directed to me until later because it's from iTunes Deutschland. Germany. iTunes Deutschland. Uh, <laughs> the title is Love You Guys. Oh, love you too, Deutschland. This is from Alex HMIT. I have been enjoying the podcast on my drive to work for the last weeks. Funny and interesting. Up to date now. Looking forward to the next app. I would love to get a beer and banter with you guys. Let me know if you're in Germany. Love it. Un beso, Diana. Un brazo. Wait, are you Mike? reading the second one? No, this is... Oh, he wrote in Spanish. Is that Spanish? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was German. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's also Spanish. What, is it, what does it mean? A kiss. Un beso. And then what else? Un brazo. A hug. Oh, so he's kissing you and hugging me? No, I think it's the opposite. What a dumb move. <laughs> kisses my wife in front of me and then just softly hugs me we're into it someone someone else knew that we were swingers also been to germany only to um bavaria i had a great experience in germany i had a great experience i went to the new schwastein castle and the old schwastein castle i went to the english park i think it's called where there were a bunch of naked people Mm. people surfed in the river cool it was like there was this peak that came when the river flowed together from different ways and i I can see you want to talk too but i had beers at the hofbrau house and other beer gardens cool i did i had a great time i was at the train train station traveling from amsterdam down to venice and because of flooding our train got canceled and a german a train just got canceled yeah like the tracks were completely underwater oh i thought uh, you mean your trip got canceled it was supposed to get canceled. And right, then, but your train didn't get canceled. You know, the the, the train... Yeah, your trip. The, the train trip. Yes. Okay. The train trip you got canceled. You can't cancel a train. Yeah, you can. That means like the train is gone. It's canceled. Yeah. Anyways, this is an awful conversation. Good. Please That's, move on. Okay. And then a worker there, I was being very nice to him, and he was being very nice to me, and he said he has a college that drives a bus to Venice, and it took me a minute to be like, oh, colleague. I was, <laughs> I was like, cool. And then he called this guy. You were like, oh, you mean colleague? Uh, no, I was like, your English is way better than yeah, my English. Sure. And it's not your native language. <laughs> then he, uh, he called this guy. And he's like, all right, I can get you on this bus. And then I got 
when the bus came, I got on and it was mobbed. And there's all these people are pushing, they're shoving all this. I sat down and then the bus driver was walking up and down the aisles asking for tickets. And whenever someone did not have a ticket, he was throwing them off the bus, kind of like that scene in Indiana Jones. And then it got to me and he's like, ticket. And I was like, oh, and I pulled out like a receipt <laughs> and I handed it to him. Like, I'm just going to use confidence. Yeah. And he like looked at it and looked at me. He goes, no ticket. And I was like, I pulled out like the train ticket and I gave it to him. And then right before he threw me off the bus, that guy from the train station ran onto the bus, called him over, pointed at me. And the guy came over. He goes, all right, you're good. So I got to take a free bus ride. Why? What did that guy do for you? Why? Just because I was nice to him. Oh, that's so nice. he got me a free bus ride. It's a good to story. Venice. Yeah, he was awesome. Cool. If, if you're Alex, thank you, Alex. Um, Goals. Five star. This is from Sam Burke. One, one, two, four. I love you already, Sam Burke. I listen to many podcasts, but I often find myself rushing through all the others so I can get back to listening to reverse psychology. I'm an RBT. This is an aside by Dr. Diana. RBT is registered behavior tech. Ruth Bader Tinsburg. <laughs> That's so dumb. RBT, for those of you who don't know, is registered behavior tech. I can talk more about that later. Okay, back to goals review. Okay. I am an RVT and just started my master's program in IO Psych, industrial and organizational. We have a guest coming We're going to have a guest coming Dr. on. Dr. Logan. Stay tuned. Prof. Logue. I just started my master's program in IO Psych and have found this podcast to be informative and hilarious. I'd say reverse psychology is my new guilty pleasure and I literally laugh out loud in my car without shame. Hey, don't feel guilty about this. I know. Especially when they say, joke's on ya. <laughs> joke's on ya. <laughs> Mike and Diane are podcast and relationship goals. Oh, that's sweet. That is sweet. Oh, this is going to be our last episode, but I guess not anymore. Because why? She won us over. We're going to keep going. Oh, 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 I get it. I get it. We'll keep going for her. Uh, last one strong. is from H34RTS, which spells hearts with numbers in it. Oh, that's a good idea. Just listen to this podcast. Y'all are fantastic. I'd love to hear more on the types of psychologists and therapists. Cool. Cool. That was a, uh, a review and a rec, which I love. It was efficient. Yeah. Well, no fluff. This next review is from Dr. D. <laughs> Can you guys list the podcast you're listening to? <laughs> okay. We had another listener who emailed us. Yeah. I need to email her back. If you are if you have not unlistened us yet. Yeah. She's from Uruguay. Yeah. She just had some requests about things we could talk about. Her name is Augustina. I'm going to write you back, Augustina. But it is a lot about the struggles between freedom and choice mm. and our development over time. And so she wanted us to basically go more into the relationship between desire and social constructivism. That sounds like a topic for you. Sounds like a quick mini zone. Also, she sounds like one smart galleta, which is how you say smart cookie in Spanish. Oh, stay tuned, chica. <laughs> Wait, it's now say your but... one thing that you can say in Spanish. Hola. Nope. Biblioteca. Nope. Aranya, Aranya Discoteca. Nope. Ramon Baños. You say that, but... Nope. <laughs> what else do you say? Me gusta. No. Knees. No. <laughs> you quiero, quiero knees. No. Pantalones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a question this is a fun game where you point to a part of your body and i try to say it in spanish okay you say quiero pantalones ¿Por qué? no you say it as a question oh do I, do I want pants do i want pants all right on to the topic what today. are we talking about today so today 
we are going to talk about. So the we uh, talk. We will talk. I was going to do another topic today, but okay. But um, instead, we're going to do an old topic. No, not an old topic. A new topic. It's an old new topic. Be aggressive. Are you a cheerleader? Uh huh. Oh, cute. Cheering you on. So I was going to do. A topic I'll put a pin in for a later episode because okay. I really wanted to research some of the stuff that just came up in my life because I work with kids with autism, not specifically, no, not exclusively. exclusively. <laughs> That's the word. Thank yeah. you. Not, You're not exclu- committed. It's not an ex- open relationship. Yeah, not exclusively, but enough that, you know, sometimes I get the rumblings of a things word? going on in the field of autism because of yeah. a parent sometimes. tells me. Sometimes you softly place your fingertips on the ground and you go, oh, there's trouble coming. Mm-hmm. That's what I did this week. Mm-hmm. So I had a call from a parent who wanted you know, me to start working with their child with autism. Ring, ring. This also is going to help. This is going to speak to that RBT that wrote us a review. Yeah. So thank you again. So turn up the volume. Rip the knob off. The parent asked me, do you want to come watch my child do RPM? And I said, What's RPM? Because that's not something real. I've not heard of it. Fast she can spin in circles. Rotations. If I haven't heard of it, normally like my flags go up. Mm. Hank, my hankle, hunkles, hankles, hackles, hackles. None of these are words. (laughs) Did you just have a stroke? Hackles. You know, a dog. Yeah, hackles. If if you if you say it enough, it doesn't will it into existence. Look it up. Hankles. 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 (laughs) Hankles. Hankles? Look it up. Hackles. It's no. on, it goes up on a dog's back on like... Those are ears. No, on the back, it's like... It's like a... Scruff. Ha- it's like when dogs get like scared or nervous or startled, their hackles go up. Mike's looking it up so that he knows I'm right. Hackle? Yeah. Erectile hairs along the back of a dog or another animal. You probably have them. <laughs> I probably have them. Well, you have all those other things. Birds get it too. Yeah. So usually when I say as my hackles go up, I'm just talking about like... I've never once heard you say I've that. I've never really said that before right now. This is you taking it for a spin right now? Yeah. How'd it okay. go? Fine. So so the hair in the back of your neck is super hard. <laughs> then what happened? And then I'm like, well, that means that I need to pay attention to something because she used a term that like she thought I should know that I don't know. And usually I know most terms, right? So she's like, yeah, you can come watch my child get RPM with an occupational therapist, which was another little hackle shake for me. Not that there's anything wrong with being an occupational therapist. I value what they can bring to the table. Absolutely. But my experience has been, and I don't know if this is true or not, like generally speaking, my, my experience with OTs has been that Many of them operate outside of their area of expertise, especially in the field of autism. So you'll get things that look like sensory diets or this now, RPM, which I looked up or I asked her, what is that? And she said, rapid prompting method. And immediately that made me think of facilitated communication, which I'll get into. So I said, oh, I've never heard of that before. Can you explain it to me? It was like, oh, well, he has been non-vocal. I mean, he's had one or two words for his entire life. He's now in his 20s and he we never knew he was a genius. Mm, like, he was just stoic. Yeah, he was just really introverted. Yeah, he's shy. So apparently he's now speaking in paragraphs due to this RPM. And I was immediately like, that it seems... Unlikely. Yeah, that I'm going to look more into that. So this episode is brought to you by my hackles. We should start a science detective agency called Hackles 
ink. Mm. We just we just investigate BS. Well, speaking That's of what Houdini used to do, did you know that? Well, that doesn't surprise me. But speaking of investigating BS, I found a lot of this information from a great website I had not heard of before called Snoop Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> Wait, just kidding. It didn't come from Wikipedia. Association for Science and Autism Treatment. ASAT. Their website is asatonline.org. Check it out. It's a great website. I've been spending hours on this website looking up stuff since I found out about it. Their tagline is real science, real hope. They are a one-stop shop essentially for where consumers can go to get information about treatments and which ones are science-based, which ones are pseudoscience, and then they have a category they call anti-science. So what do you think the difference between pseudoscience and anti-science is? Pseudoscience, I would imagine, has some whisperings of science, but is probably operating beyond the pale or just doesn't have enough research, whereas anti-science is probably there's evidence against it. Mm, that's kind of what I thought too. But so pseudoscience might have like some graphs and use scientific jargon, endorsements from individuals with quote unquote scientific credentials, blah, blah, blah. But anti-science is the outright rejection of the time-tested methods of science as a means of producing valid and useful knowledge. The extreme anti-scientific view is that there are no objective facts. All knowledge is made up of personal interpretations of phenomena. So they they'd reject doing studies on their work seems legit yeah and then it's all case study stuff like anecdotal like Mm -hmm. this saved my life blah 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 these oils cured my cancer right one of the ways that you can distinguish we talked about this in pqr episode but just a reminder pseudoscientific anti-scientific treatments are usually promoted by non-scientific or non-peer-reviewed scientific journals and usually only found in materials published by their promoters such as newsletters videotapes websites blah 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 And then the other thing is that some of these can have very harmful physical and emotional side effects. And I'm going to actually talk about a couple of these that there were some, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say, spoiler alert, some deaths, (gasps) some claims of child abuse. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Mystery. See this, we, we, we could start a PI firm, smoking cigarettes. Just going back to what is Pork autism. What is autism? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you. Should I tell you what it is or where it came from first? I'm just going to do a very quick, because this is not, that's not what this episode is about. When did, when did autism first become a thing? When did it first exist? Yes. Well, it probably always existed. But okay. When do we first start doing vaccines? <laughs> start from there. So I I could literally do a whole episode about this, but I won't just for the sake of time. Hans Osberger. Oh, I know about that guy. You know Osberger. Yeah, there's a there's a cool little story about him. Okay, we'll save that for another episode. Okay. Maybe that'll be a minisode. Minisode. So Asperger, as we say now, unfortunate last name. Delicious. So at the same time he was doing stuff in Vienna in the late 30s, early 40s, Leo Kanner was in the U.S. Like the, the 1930s and 40s? Yeah, okay. 19. Sorry. Leo Kanner was also in the U.S. at... Johns Hopkins. I feel like we should have a bell like they have in um, yeah. for Brian Do Eno we have a bell? When we say Johns Hopkins. Maybe you could insert a bell. Yeah, I'll, I'll insert a bell sound. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be our new bell. Okay. For Johns Hopkins. All right. For, um, so Leo Kanner was in Johns Hopkins. Um, and he introduced the label early infantile autism with 11 children that he saw with striking behavioral similarities. So the first case was named Donald Triplett, and he was the first person diagnosed with autism. So various iterations of the criteria for autism spectrum disorder diagnosis have been formed throughout the last, what are we in, six, 70 years? 
later. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the DSM-5 and you have two criteria for autism, basically deficits in social communication and interaction coupled with restricted repetitive patterns of behavior, interests, or activities. So you have that social deficit and you also have repetitive behavior. Thomas Jefferson may have had high-functioning autism. Now we would call that autism spectrum disorder mild. So just that's some background on ASD. Cool. So, okay, this really great website, ASAT, the Association for Science and Autism Treatment, posits, claims. uh, Supposes. No, just provides information about. Yeah, bestows. How desperate, and this is absolutely true, how desperate parents become once they hear that their child has autism. So they'll get information, your child has autism. And then it's unfortunate, but often when people get that diagnosis, depending on where they get it from and how it's delivered, They don't always get information about what they can do about it. So it's mostly like, here's the diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like, here's the diagnosis. Here are evidence-based treatments. Sometimes, but not always, right? What would you do if you were a parent and you heard that your child had a diagnosis of autism and you didn't have any background in this area? What would you do? I would probably go to the internet at Google Autism and Cure. And then just whatever the first link popped up is, I'd probably do that. Well, you would be a little bit more discerning but you're right that's what most parents do is they jump on the internet or talk to friends there are lots of different things floating on apparently you can put anything on the internet you want (laughs) yeah there's no there's no like fact check system on the internet yeah we should put a link even on facebook we should put a link to this episode on the internet as the cure to autism. And then so people are desperate, listen to it, and they're like, oh, there is no cure. Well, that's and... just it, right? They're yeah. desperate and... Um, and they need to listen to this podcast. They don't have a lot of guidance. The stakes are high because they feel like, well, I have to get my kid help as soon as possible. Every moment not in treatment is a moment wasted, right? So I had, just as an aside right now, um, I want to give you some information about why otherwise really brilliant and bright individuals might latch on to non-scientific based treatment options, right? We all, I mean, look, some of the practices are non-science based, but they're not harmful. If you're like supplementing your chemotherapy with essential oil treatment, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's probably just doing. You're, I mean, if anything, it's just giving you a little bit of hope. But yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Damaging you, right? If you're drinking bleach with your chemotherapy, that's doing harm. That's one of the ones I'm going to talk about. <gasps> but if you forego chemotherapy and only use essential oils, and only eat fruits, then you're Steve Jobs. Yeah. In all seriousness, you are doing yourself a lot of damage. And I think that that's where the problem is. And then on top of that, some of these treatments are actually themselves really dangerous. So there's a researcher I really like. Her name's Amanda Vander Hayden. But anyways, she talks about... Do you know um, her personally? I've met her, but... Oh, oh. she's nice? Yeah. What does she smell like? Like lavender and vanilla. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got pretty close to her. I don't know what she smells like. So Kahneman, who we've talked about on the show. Danny Kahneman? Daniel Kahneman. Mm. He posits deposits it's the difference between a deposit and a supposit one goes in your butt one goes in the bank (laughs) i think one goes in and one goes up deposit one goes down and one goes up (laughs) sup dip (laughs) so um she talks about how kahneman and cognitive science shows that we are all bad decision makers by nature right Mm -hmm. and dr mike why is that because we're using shortcuts We're, we're, we're we're gonna be fast yeah. 
our brains are bad. Our our brains are sprinters, not marathoners. She's just talking about these guys who discuss mythical thinking in healthcare. Like there are a lot of things that people generally think in terms of healthcare that more is better, technology will solve our problems, miracles are right around the corner. Anyways, we make bad decisions all the time. And so I think there tends to be some parent shaming in autism because they're like, oh, how could they have fallen for that? Why would they do that non-scientist, non-scientific treatment, blah, 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 right? But everyone's just desperate and trying to figure things out and they want their kids to be successful and also be geniuses so what's this bunk treatment you're talking about oh rpm Mm -hmm. let me tell you about rpm okay so rpm is in what's the stand for again rapid prompting method ramp rapid rapid prompting prompting method method aka assisted communication no 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 no. no. well let me tell you about what doesn't work in autism so we should do another episode of what does work but i found this really cool that could be um, a mini soda (laughs) i found this really cool website on like all the things that don't work are untested so give me one that you think is on here i know you don't know this isn't really your area but it doesn't work yeah that people talk about like oh this is really like uh specific diets like the celiac diet that's actually in needs more research avoiding specific dyes like purple dye oh that's not even on here anywhere that's interesting i bet that that is i don't know i bet that was what should be under what doesn't work yeah emdr okay but this is just for autism yes i I know i I know i'm sorry this is not your field yeah um I want... Hey, I have things in my pocket. Guess what they are? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what doesn't work? I want to get your genuine reaction to each of these. If you could audibly give a... Okay. You ready? Stretch my face out. What doesn't work? Animal therapy. Like... Like dolphin therapy or pet therapy. Okay. No shit. Yeah. Okay. But people spend lots of money taking their kids to swim with dolphins because they really think it's going to cure yeah. their kid. And then the dolphin sits down with them and they talk about their feelings. <laughs> little dolphin smoking a pipe. Okay. Well, let's move on. What doesn't work? Art therapy. Oh, yeah. Art therapy. Auditory integration therapy. Okay. It sounds fancy. So the only way I've heard of this actually is by this really interesting named program called aerobics i had a parent tell me about that once it doesn't work attachment bonding therapies okay facilitated communication glasses (laughs) just putting on glasses Mm -hmm. like for nearsighted or farsighted (laughs) all sighted 3d glasses holding therapy oral motor training therapy okay so rpm is on there okay um sensory integration therapy doesn't work vision therapy so a lot of people use like glasses Eye exercises, Erlen lenses, blah, blah, blah. None of that works or is it hasn't really been tested. Let's talk about RPM. Okay. In this method, practitioners attempt to compensate for the assumed sensory overload and apraxia in children with ASD by continually speaking and requesting responses so that the children stay attentive. So apraxia is when you don't use words it doesn't there's a deficit there's a deficit right Mm -hmm. i guess and i haven't seen it actually i want to youtube it hold for youtube back i'm back welcome back thank 
like yo i did some youtubing i uh, kind of exactly what i thought basically you have some letters you have some pieces of paper maybe uh an alphabet in front of you and it's like you ask a question to a child you like quickly put the letters or something in front of them and you kind of direct where their finger goes a little bit not in the same way as facilitated communication worked but in a similar capacity like so you ask child a question mm -hmm. and then you put a card in front of them mm -hmm. to point to yeah it has like some letters on it and mm. you're like but the person who's holding the card with the letters on it is kind of moving it around to hold so, quote unquote hold their attention mm -hmm. but but like you, the kid gets ready to point and is like moving towards the letters and the person holding the letter card is like kind of moving it around to get them to point to a maybe a specific letter okay so this feels a little bit like in Stranger Things where they had all the Christmas lights up. Yeah. <laughs> Magical. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because this like is the newest iteration of facilitate communication, which is basically is a Ouija board. Spooky. For all intents and purposes. It's not, but that's how I like to think of it. It's an intervention where the provider holds the participant's hands, wrists, or arms to help him or her spell a message on a keyboard or board with printed letters. It involves complete assistance from a facilitator, so they never are independent in their responses. So when this code got cracked, this case got cracked, it was when they started putting pieces of cardboard up between the facilitator, quote unquote, and the child. Mm -hmm. They were speaking gobbledygook. Weird. Yeah. Maybe so. they're just so complex we couldn't figure it out. I think so. So it's been completely debunked and no longer used. Well. It was a fad. Just repackaged. And fad treatments come out strong and then quickly get debunked. Short for fake ass <laughs> death. Okay. Here. So we've gone over a little bit of like raptor probably method, facilitate communication. Let me tell you about the dangers of... Yeah, what if you're promising me a story about child abuse and murder and intrigue. Well, uh, before even I say that, I want to say... A lusty woman uh, red. Listen up. I want to say that even like pretty recently, Stupid 60 Minutes, which I actually love that program. Do you? Yeah. I've never seen you watch that. When Andy Rooney died, I was like, I'm out. Yeah, they replaced him with Mickey Rooney. <laughs> I was also dead. So they had they did a segment on it recently on on um, RPM, like favorable segment. Such a bummer. Buckle up, buddy. I got some research to show you. Yeah, that's sad. So let me tell you about the list of abuse allegations made through facilitated communication. So before you read the list, just to really explicitly set the stage, you have nonverbal child autism. Yeah, typically. Across the table from non -vocal, them. Non-vocal, we say. Non-vocal. Because verbal is... Verbal... I'm just going to tell you really quick. Okay. So... I'm just going to... Hold on. I'm going to press pause on the podcast real quick. <laughs> no, no, no. Verbalization can come in many forms. So okay. like pointing and, and like grunts and things are verbal. So okay. typically... So non-vocal. Yeah. Non non-vocal. Non-articulating. Non mm -hmm. Chillins. Across the table is a therapist mm -hmm. who is... So no, no, no. Next to them. Next to them. Mm -hmm. The therapist. Mm -hmm. Hand on hand. For facilitating communication, yes. And then there is a, a page in front of them of letters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the abuse allegations, is that something where it's like the therapist is like, have you ever been abused? And then they just grab the child's hand and puts it on yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That seems easy to debunk. Oh, totally. Well, that's what happened. In 1993, Frontline had a um, an episode of their show called Prisoners of Silence. And it featured the story of Gary Girardi in North Carolina, who was accused through facilitated communication 
generated messages of sexually abusing his son. Despite his protestations of innocence, he was forced to stay away from his home for six months. Whoa. The charges were dropped when court ordered double blind tests showed that Gerardi, Gerardi, Gerardi's son could not write. Oops. Um, what happened to the person that was facilitating? Yeah, good question. Thank you. Um, I don't know in this case. In the same year, someone reported in a New York Times article that he knew of 25 cases where families were accused through facilitated communication of sexually abusing their children. Yeah, so... That, that sounds like another wave of the spontaneous recovered memories yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of these kind of that happen in psychology where it's like this unknown phenomena that now we know about, like Clever Hans, the math horse dude, the horse that could add. That is such... A good band name. Clever Hans. Clever Hans. Okay. Don't take it, anyone. Write that down. Write it down. If you steal that name, please write a song for us and email to us under the name Clever Hans and we will play it. So there's another case. In 1991, Mark Storch from Shokan, Shokan, New York. Shokan. Spokane. (laughs) Shokan. Um, was charged with abusing his daughter after the Department of Social Services re- received reports that his daughter, Jenny, a 14-year-old with autism, had, through facilitated communication, disclosed recurring sexual assaults, including 200 vaginal and anal rapes. Jesus. Storch's wife, Laura, was charged with neglect. Despite no physical evidence of abuse, inconsistencies in the facilitated testimony, and questions about the facilitator's troubling personal history, officials pressed charges which led to a costly 10-month battle. Wait, 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 wait. Where did the report of the 200... From the, the facilitated, facilitated communication, yeah. Oh, okay, so you, in the first wave, you made it sound like they found evidence and then the communication implicated the Mm-mm. parents. No, no, no. So just from the communication... Yeah. It was like, I've been getting anally raped. 214 times. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Um, Jesus. Also, maybe we should have a parental warning, like... We, we already do. Oh, we do? This is explicit. Wait, but we should probably say that in this episode somewhere. Like, hey, you, because like that guy listens with his eight-year-old. Oh, yeah. So we we say a couple harsh penetrative terms. (laughs) If you made it this far, we apologize. (laughs) We don't don't do it after the fact. (laughs) Yeah. Warning. You just heard about anal rape. (laughs) And now you have an awkward conversation with your child in the car. Okay. So anyways, there's a pump. A punch, a bunch of cases. You can look through them. It's just like one after the other after the other. It's like the same thing. Boom, 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 boom. So nothing like that has come out yet with RPM, but uh, you can imagine as a provider, I'm a bit nervous to go into a child's home and work with him or her independently if there's a an RPM person working. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can also. It seems like let's say you do your due diligence and let the parents know like the research on this and then the parents like bring it up to the ot and the ot is like oh weird because your child just told me that right that therapist ate her lunch while you weren't watching <laughs> i could eat lunch in a no ate, ate the child's lunch oh i mean i wouldn't eat lunch in an appointment but like if i was there for a long time i would like have a snack or yeah something. but you would take her food no never so yeah i think for my purposes it's first of all my ethics code a pretty explicit in helping parents to understand what's science-based and what's non-science-based in terms Mm. of treatment. And then also, like, we don't... Parents have their own choice and they can make their own choices. But when something is going to impact the treatment that we're providing, then we have a responsibility to inform them why and how it could I, I think I think we have a, an ethical duty to if it seems dangerous to let them know that. I have a hard time with that though because I have a lot of clients that will be doing other things that 
aren't science-based. And so it's always a question in my head of like, is this getting in the way or is this just a thing? And I don't want my biases to cloud yeah, them, but I want to keep them safe. And so it's hard because I think on the one hand, they're free to make their own decisions. But on the other hand, we have a unique set of knowledge that they may not have access to because if they if you just google like most of these things if you just google it you're, you'll find enough evidence for it even if it's not really actual evidence and so being able to point to sure well also for, and i'm talking because i i work within and i don't want to brag but i work within two ethical codes for psychologists and for bcbas which one's better well which I, one's which one's more strict bcba for sure, for sure. I mean, it's just, I don't want to say it's stricter. It's more explicit. And I think probably a couple reasons why, but I think also like in a lot of these cases, we're dealing with kids with disabilities who can't speak for themselves. You don't want a lot of gray area. Yeah. And also ABA is very, very science-based. So we have a lot more, I don't know, a more explicit understanding that things that we do have to be science-based. Right. Not in psychology. It's a bit different, I think. No, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's broad. It's it much more broad. It's broad. Like in psychology, people. So, for example, if someone was do, if someone was a BCBA doing RPM, you could easily like report them and be like, "This is not acceptable." That's. I wish that the psychology code of ethics was yes. more strict because I yes. see a lot of people that just aren't doing therapy. Right. In the same way, like if you know, we saw people. If we were psychologists, saw seeing people doing. I don't. Is EMDR pseudoscience? Mm-hmm. I'm saying that from a, a place in research. Like it was deemed very recently yeah. and it's like a, a category B pseudoscience. Like a category A would be empirically supported, lots of evidence showing it. EMDR is not that. Yeah. And so imagine how many calls an ethics hotline would get in psychology if we were like... Yeah, but I mean, it would raise the bar of the field. No, I agree. I I just think that, I don't know, psychology is its own animal. So I want to talk to you about a couple more really dangerous treatments for cool. kids with autism. And I guess one of the things I want to say is like a lot of these treatments are sort of spawned by our misunderstanding or lack of understanding about where autism comes from. So because we don't have like a, a firm understanding of what what's the basis for how we develop autism, we have some theories, but we don't have really good information about where it comes from, as opposed to like Down syndrome, which is, you know, we know is from a chromosomal chromosomal. disorder. So because of that, there's a lot of like theories about it and then a lot of treatments, quote unquote, based on those theories. So another one that comes up is chelation therapy. Have you heard of this? Keto? (laughs) No, it's not that keto diet. Chelation, it's C-H-E-L, chelation therapy. And, um, Basically, chelation therapy is a, is an FDA approved treatment for youth. I think probably adults too who have lead poisoning. Going oh. back to our specific issue of don't check our nails. Looking good. Looking good. We did a lot of window work yesterday. I think we're lead free still. Mm-hmm. So lead poisoning is you know sometimes found in kids, and this chelation therapy is like a binding agent that once it gets in your body, it binds to the lead and then pulls it out of your system. Oh, that's cool. It's cool, but it was like there's this idea that like maybe even though it's testable, maybe autism is caused by lead poisoning or too much lead. Sounds like a lot of work. Maybe blah blah blah. There were some kids for a while undergoing chelation therapy. There's been some deaths. Oh, uh, it's worse. Around that. 
it's a toxic substance? So there's different substances that are used and um, there, uh, the deaths I think are associated with one type of chelation therapy. But even still, it's a really dangerous treatment in general. Especially and if you like, don't need it. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Like most treatments, it's not good if you don't need it. Yeah. Like proactively having chemotherapy is not a good thing. <laughs> right. Right. So what's the last one? The last one I want to talk about is bleach therapy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What's the, what's the mm-hmm. what? logic behind mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Because there's a stain in the brain? Oh, don't worry, though. It also, it also cures cancer, the flu, HIV, AIDS, herpes, malaria, problems of the mouth, gum, teeth, sinuses, constipation, burns, mm-hmm. and fungus infections, along with others. That's, an, that's all I need to know. Yeah. So right. each therapy can cure. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, it doesn't say like why. why. Yeah, it doesn't say why it would work. It just says like. I mean, it seems. Oh, just because it's a cleaner and disinfectant. It seems like a very simplistic thought of, oh, you bleach your counters and you're killing bacteria mm-hmm. and germs and viruses. Mm-hmm. If you drink it, you're killing the interior bacteria, germs, and viruses. Mm-hmm. Well, it's For so- one thing, autism isn't a bacteria. That's true. Thank you. I, and you might not even know that this is what you're getting because get this, it comes in different tri- different names. So it's not like you, you're like, it's like a cartoon where you like get a bottle of bleach out with like XXX on it and you're like, glug, 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 right? It's like, okay. Some of the names that this comes in under are Miracle Mineral Supplement. Pass. MMS. Master Mineral Solution. Nope. Another MMS. Chlorine Dioxide Solution Protocol. Gross. They they assert that chlorine dioxide is safer than chlorine and thus can be ingested or absorbed safely. I mean... Although chlorine kills any germ or organism with which it comes into contact, chlorine dioxide has the amazing ability to remove electrons from diseased tissues and pathogenic stressors. Uh, none of those words make sense together. <laughs> oh. And it's also like, that's such bullshit. It, they'd be like saying like, oh, this poison is safer than this other poison. It's like, yes, but they're both poisons. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. 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 If I stab you with this smaller knife, it's, it's smaller than this bigger knife. Yes, but you're still stabbing me. Some people have died. No oh, shit. Um drinking bleach for some reason the field of autism seems to i why do you think that is like i feel like in autism there's way more of these types of things than in other areas of psychology because autism seems so different than other areas of psychology Hmm. even in our in how i was trained we had people that were specialized in autism but there was no overlap between clinical and autism it was like Hmm. it was so it seemed as very different I think it's seen as chronic in a different way than the rest of psychology. Mm. And I think that parents are just like desperate for help with it. It just seems rife with... There's a lot of celebrity. A lot of celebrity. It's just a lot of bullshit out there. Yeah. Anyways, takeaway. Takeaway. What's your takeaway? Don't drink bleach. Don't let any therapist touch my hand. (laughs) And Ouija boards are not always for good. What are your takeaways? My takeaways are do your research citation please even though it's really hard and we're doing all these cognitive shortcuts all the time i think there and and like also we need to find a better way to talk to parents about this stuff like once they're already engaged in it and they're already so hopeful yeah about the outcomes like a lot of people will be like well just show them the research it's like well they already believe it's like it's like asking someone who is a supporter of the person from the opposite party that you belong to oh here if i just show you this information about why your president is a racist. It's also difficult because 
and this is where a lot of these more dangerous sciences also feel the same as like cults where you're asked oh just show, just show them the research but uh, like the nature of these sciences is that we can't research it right now like it's the same thing with like more freudian stuff which isn't as dangerous but uh, an inherent piece of it. it's like oh we can't observe the unconscious so we can't study it so science isn't there yet and so it's the same thing with this stuff where oh we can't research it anything that blocks itself from being scrutinized and research is always going to be really dangerous right but- and and the research-based stuff is hard work like it's mm-hmm. the it's, it's slow it's slow it's hard work. i mean that's that's part of it and like these are treatments that offer fast solutions and parents see like this amazing like with this rpm it's like yeah in six months this kid is like speaking in paragraphs that's amazing to yeah, and he parents. uses the same weird vocal patterns as his therapist so crazy how he picked <laughs> that up really quickly and i think also it a lot of these treatments are paraded as outsider like oh the establishment yeah. doesn't like yeah. this right which is what the anti-vax movement kind of yeah, bases yeah. and there's a yeah. lot like there's uh, you can't trust the government there's yeah, a treatment for ptsd where i'm not even gonna call it treatment there's a bullshit for ptsd where it's like really aggressive stretching and it's like and i've like i've had patients bring in article quote unquote articles that are blog posts that are it's basically like the government doesn't want you to know this because they like you to like to struggle but really your trauma saved in your muscles if you stretch hard enough Mm. all all these things where people are not getting better from it but that's another appealing thing where you're not getting better because the mainstream doesn't want you to get better trust me we can't get research because we can't get funded like it has this internal logic that seems to hold up but Mm -hmm. it's also like why would a low-level researcher not want to research this well also some people People, and this is maybe a bigger conversation, but some people don't believe in research. Like they think that research is the enemy. Like yeah. whatever the treatment is, you're going to subject it to like this quote unquote research method that's all Western based and like da da da. I mean, so it's like, it's like, it's going to water it down. You don't understand. Mm. We're kind of above or outside of the research realm. Mm-hmm. One of the only times I ever like just wholeheartedly uh, shut down a student was when we were talking about climate Mm -hmm. change and some student brought up it's difficult because there is research and stats for it but it's hard to understand if you don't understand stats and so it doesn't hold as much power which i'm like that's a great point where this stuff's very complicated and we need to do a better job to convey this visually and under explain what the research actually looks like and this other guy was like well the problem with stats is that you can make them really say anything and so that's why you can't trust any stats that's what my dad says numbers cook the numbers and i was like no that is not correct that is not accurate and that is a dangerous way to think about it because then you shut all this down that's a cognitive bias though too like that's something that people say about research like you can't prove anything because anyone can like it's a shortcut that we take to i don't know it's awful so well what'd you think i liked it i'm not left with a lot of hope but we are the hope no we're the hope we want to see in the world there is hope because there's a whole set of evidence-based treatments that we didn't talk about we should do that next time i know sorry to start off with a bad dance that's okay no that's good though cool what's what's up for you just living bro (laughs) okay bro what are you up to after the first time Mike and I hooked up, we high fived and I said, What did I say? See you later, bro. You said, All right, see you, buddy. <laughs> it had the the, uh, the tenor of two men le- like leaving their shift at the factory f- for the day. <laughs> high fived. Or you're like, This is it. She's the one. <laughs> I was like, Well, probably never going to see that person again. Oh, All right. Okay. Well, I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.
vagina. Happy vaginismus. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. And don't say it. it's itchy vagina. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. You just thought it was a word that people said? That was a funny word. You didn't know it, that it was an actual thing? No. Yeah, it's like bacteria. Boy doctors don't bring that up. Oh, it's like bacteria. Like people get it from like swimming in pools. It's not like a yeast infection. It's just like itchy. itchy oh, the, the male version is penisca. It's like Hanukkah, but with penis. Because <laughs> it lasts for eight days. This is so offensive. All right. No, it's it's inclusive. Kwanzaa, you're next. <laughs> Boobswa. No, I was going to say Butswa. <laughs> Butswa. All right. Don't leave any of that in. Maybe leave a little bit in, but let me listen to it before you. Know. All right. What was I talking about? 